uh, basically the second my first semester of college ended. I was done with classes for one day, and then I got on a plane to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, where I spent an unreasonable amount of time. It was really fun for the most part, basic training. I got trapped in a quarantine status for six weeks because of the Rona. But um, outside of that, I mean, I was just yelled at every single day. Had to do a lot of push-ups. I don't know how many feet are in a mile, but I was running that mile a lot. But right now, since I'm working on my uh, fire pilot license, I'm just using a Cessna 172. When I go up to multi-engine and like instrument ratings, I'll probably fly um, some different planes. I don't know what planes I have up there. Um, but it's just the basic training plane, um, and that's just what we have at the academy. This is Zach Bagby, the Tang Enthusiast. This is Quincy Golf, Iron Dread alumni. And we're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Welcome back to the Iron Dread Podcast. This one's episode number 43, the return of Zach Bagby and Quincy Golf. Uh, before we get to those guys, um, like to remind you to follow our new social media handle at Iron Dread Pod and use the hashtag Iron Dread Podcast when you're talking about the show. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can get new episodes downloaded each and every week that a new one drops. And rate and review us, especially if you are an Apple Podcast user. Give us a star rating and review. Help us to promote the show, which, as we said, has spanned across seven nations. And thank you to everyone who supports the show. Uh, Our previous episodes have been going well. The emo punk rock episode last week with my sister Carly has gone well. Tom Fossil, Tim Somerlad... Again, we are really uh, starting to build some momentum here for the Iron Dread Podcast, and I thank you, the listeners who tune in uh, each and every week for that. Uh, Zach and Quincy, you may remember them. Uh, They have probably been on the episodes of the show. They've been on more episodes of the show, I should say, than anyone. Uh, Zach Bagby recently returned from U.S. Army basic training. And he tells us about that in this episode. And Quincy Goff um, is uh, giving us an update on um, his life now in South Carolina. Both guys tell us kind of what's going on. Zach tells us some stories from basic training. Uh, we talk about how they are currently lifting and you know trying to uh, accomplish their strength goals. Uh, we get into some good conjugate talk as well. So this one is... Uh, update with our boys Zach and Quincy without any further ado I give you episode number 43 the return of Zach Bagby and Quincy Goff all right here we are we're back live to record from the sanctorium of strength here in Munich Michigan I'm sitting here uh, with Mr. Zach Bagby and Mr. Quincy Goff, two OGs of the Iron Dread Strength and Conditioning Program. Uh, we, this episode's catching up with these guys. Zach just got back from U.S. Army basic training. And Quincy, and Quincy as you know, um, <laughs> if you listen to a few episodes, he's down in South Carolina training to be a pilot. So, gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. 
Uh, probably the two most uh, featured guests on the Iron Dread podcast, Quincy Goff and Zach Bagby. Yeah. I think Zach has me beat. Yeah. Well, I got you. I was in a three-part series with the Swole Goals. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I still have the same notebook that I wrote down all the original Swole Goals. <laughs> I found my uh, one of my little note things from the first meet I did somewhere mm-hmm. in like one of my boxes man my maxes were weak yeah very very depressing yeah i mean i you always look back at everything you did like man i was just pathetic yeah it's like shit. i mean crap yep there's one curse word i gotta edit out <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry like i can feel the snakes in my brain telling me when to swear and like i'm not doing it and it's hurting <laughs> I know, it's, just, it's second nature at this point, man. I'm going to help myself right now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to the Iron Dread podcast right now, parental advisory, there may be some foul language. I might not get it all. <laughs> I'll try all my right. best. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, this is, you know, we're getting updates with you guys. Um, you know, having uh, been able to have the three of us together in a while, obviously we used to spend a lot of time together in the weight room. You guys were pioneers of the strength program, uh, helped build the powerlifting team here for us. So uh, give a, give us an update. Well, why don't we start with the, with the Army, the military guy here, Mr. Zach Bagby. Uh, for sure. We'll start with him. So kind of give, give the people that don't know kind of what you've been doing for the last six months, seven months. Well, uh, basically, the second my first semester of college ended, um, and I was basically just doing online classes, um, I was done with classes for one day, and then I got on a plane to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, where I spent an unreasonable amount of time <laughs> there. Um, it was really fun for the most part, basic training. Um, I got trapped in a quarantine status for six weeks because of the Rona. But um, outside of that, I mean, I was just yelled at every single day. Had to do a lot of push-ups. Um, I don't know how many feet are in a mile, but I was running that mile a lot. They would always ask us how many feet are in a mile. Like 4,820? 5,280. Oh, Jesus, that was well. I didn't that many feet in a mile, and then you'd run that mile until they were tired. And usually they were watching you, so they didn't get tired very easily. But um, yeah, it was pretty rough at some points, but overall, it was a really cool experience. I'm glad it's something that I got to do. Um, there's less than one percent of the population is in the military of uh, America. That is, is in the military in any capacity. So it's cool to be a, a part of that group that's been able to do that. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, not. Not everybody can go through the things that you went through uh, and come out on the other side. Um, Not everyone can voluntarily join into the gas chamber. (laughs) And then I have to go again. (laughs) They would not let me. I wouldn't let you either. For anyone who doesn't know what the gas chamber is, there's a part that every soldier has to go through where you – um are given a, what's called a pro mask, which is basically a gas mask. And you walk into this very small room known as the gas chamber and they pop what's basically called, it's called CS gas, but it's tear gas. And you have eight seconds to put your mask on before the effects of the uh, gas reach you. So they teach you how to put it on. So 
I was able to get mine on within eight seconds. And then from there, you like walk around. They might have you do some push-ups, say some things underneath the mask. And then you have to break the seal to prove that you know how to lift up your mask, put it back on and clear it in a hazard environment. And then after that, they just make you take the mask off and like they make sure you breathe it in. You have to say the soldier's creed. You have to do a bunch of push-ups. And um, to open the door, you have to ask like, please, they just toy with you while they pretend they're about to open the door. And they'll pull on the doors if it's like really hard to open. Like, I just can't get it. And everyone's just like standing there because we're all terrified of the drill sergeant. So we're not about to like grab him and push him out of the way, but you know, <laughs> just waiting for the door to open. Just waiting, waiting for that door and that, that release uh, yep. from all that, all the toxic uh, nervous system gas. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, hey, listen, that, that's the stuff that they make you do, right? You got to know what the effects of that stuff are if you're going to be right. using it on people, right? Right. And part of it is just uh, being able to, like, function while you're under all that stress. And, like, even, like, before, like, where you just have to put the mask on, like, it was kind of tense for some people who, like, weren't that good at putting the mask on, which there's, like, a couple steps to it. It's not just, like, super easy. Um, but like for people who weren't that proficient with it when we learned it in the classroom, they were shaking going in there because uh, if you didn't get it on right, not only did you have to wait for everybody else to get out, but you'd have to go through it again and put on your mask right the first time. Um, That's what you should have done. You should have just messed up so you could do it again. Well, afterwards, they let you out and you enter this big pit um, and you just have to do a lap around the pit, just walking and like flapping your arms. And the thing is, there's only one gas chamber on Fort Leonard Wood. So every soldier that has come through Fort Leonard Wood has gone to that tiny little room and has walked in that field. And you can imagine, you know, you get out of there, you might throw up. You're probably spitting, coughing up some blood. So if you throw, if you fall, like they, they want nothing to do with you. They say they're going to throw the whole trainee away if you fall in that pit. But <laughs> I luckily managed to walk in a circle well enough to get back <laughs> <laughs> and not fall down in all the uh human vomit right. blood and etc oh, <laughs> oh man yeah, i mean there's a, you know getting a getting a talk with you periodically throughout there was a lot of uh, a lot of crazy things that we got to go to and i mean one of the, one of the things that you know, really, you know, we would talk about all the time and Quincy would bring up is, you know, your training, your gains, like, yeah. <laughs> like what, what's happening? What, biceps. <laughs> so first off, I want to say that all the training I did um, with like in regards to powerlifting did nothing but help me when I got there um, because like I was just, I was strong as hell. Like I could do all the physical stuff there it was like pretty much a joke for me, except some of the running. Um, I was able to ruck 10 miles and actually on our 10 mile ruck, which is you have a big backpack that's weighted at like 50 pounds and you're just walking for a really long time. Sounds easy, but in reality, going up hills, you're holding the M4 in your hand the whole time while you do it. So, uh, it gets pretty tiring. So I was like actually pulling someone for the last couple miles of our 10 mile ruck, uh, towards the end of basic training. Cause they were about to just fall out of the ruck entirely. 
um, and I wanted to help him out there. <laughs> but um, like all the strength I, you know, accumulated over the years helped me, but there wasn't enough to to keep it there. Um, there wasn't like a barbell that I had frequent access to, so I lost a ton of weight. I lost about 10 pounds of some hard-fought muscle, and that was pretty hard to deal with. Um, but uh, the Army's in kind of a transition period right now. So before the fitness test was you did um, two minutes of just regular push-ups, two minutes of sit-ups, and then a two-mile run, and that was the whole test. But they realized that that doesn't – that's not the best measurement of how strong a soldier is and how fit for combat they are. So um, what they've created now is called the ACFT, the Army Combat Fitness Test. And that includes events like a deadlift. There's um, a leg tuck. The hand-release push-ups actually are harder to do because even though you get a little break at the bottom, um, it kills your momentum. So you have to just be stronger in your triceps to keep powering through. Um, it's kind of the same as pausing in the bottom of a bench press rep. Um, it kills your momentum. You can't just bounce and keep going, you know? Um, so this new test incorporates a lot of that stuff. So, um, I remember doing the original test and I wasn't like the best, like I still passed, still did pretty good, but this new test, because I actually do have a lot of like strength and just, you know, I can go for a while, I have a lot of endurance. Um, um, I, I did really well during that in basic. I had never really practiced doing leg tucks too much and I hit the max the first test we did. They wouldn't let me uh, do the max deadlift for safety reasons, I guess. They didn't want to deal with people throwing their back out. But, like, it's a – the max on the deadlift is three reps of, like, I think it's 340 on a trap bar. So that that's pretty easy, to be honest. That's lightweight. You. I yeah, think that's, I could that's run that even in my weekend state. But um, it is cool to see the armies incorporating a lot of strength things and that, uh, you know, all this training is really – transitioning well into what i'm doing for the army yeah i mean because you think about the demands of combat right they don't especially in today's warfare environment uh, they're not asking you to run 10 miles and fly they're asking you to strap 80 to 100 pounds of gear on your back and you could tell us better than my how much everything weighs and then sprint from here 75 100 yards that way drop take cover shoot get back up again sprint again carry a guy with you yeah. you know drag uh you know this stuff along like it's all strength based stuff and that level uh, that level of fitness that you had built up before you went there like hey you because you're strong your body weight is not that hard for you to move right so that's the that's the advantage you had going in, and and that was something that we talked about in our training. Like you, advantage advantage the guy who's stronger. Definitely, uh, strength is never weakness. Uh, how much gear we're carrying? It's about like eighty to one hundred pounds of like extra equipment um, that you have on you, basically at all times. So, like you may be able to run two miles, but like you probably can't do that with all that gear on unless you're pretty strong, mm-hmm. or you're gonna break. <clears throat> but, you know, you know, lower backs, hips, knees, ankles. And that was a big thing I saw while I was there. Um, people who were getting injured during training, it was all the same injuries I'd see from people playing regular sports. They're tearing their hamstrings. They've got hip injuries. Um, and that's all the things that the method we've been training with conjugate 
um, has helped us prevent. Like I, I didn't have a single, I didn't have to go to sick call for a single reason during the entire time while I was there because my hips were strong. I have strong hamstrings, so I didn't have a single issue uh, throughout the entirety of my training. Weak things break. Yep, weak things break. <laughs> Remember you told me that uh, you found some rollers and you were rolling out some of your buddies? Yes, yeah, so that's another thing. The Army is really, uh, like, I didn't expect to have access to that, but when I went up into our bay for the first time, tucked away in the corner were foam rollers, and I was shocked that, like, you know, that I even had those. So that was a nice comfort to have because, you know, I was always rolling out uh, my hamstrings and everything when I was at home. But after like a long day of training, you know, if you don't roll out your hamstrings, they're just super tight and it's, it's painful to deal with. So I would roll out my hamstrings and I would have one of my buddies roll out my calves. And I remember the first time he's like, he's like, why are you acting like it hurts so much? So I made him lie on the floor and I rolled out his calves. And from that point on, like, he hated it while it was happening, but afterwards he felt really well because, you know, now his calves didn't hurt and his hamstrings Yeah, they were locked up. So people would start to pay me in, like, cough drops or coffee pouches um, <laughs> to roll out their calves. So, like, people would, like, when we're eating our MREs, they have little coffee pouches in it, and that's the only way you're going to get caffeine. And I'm kind of a fiend for that. So um, having a steady supply from just rolling out people's calves is pretty nice. <laughs> for sure for sure taking some of those uh i don't know what we call it um how, how do we want ghetto body tempering that we used to do <laughs> and, and applying that like yeah. or, or or broke no money body tempering yeah <laughs> and being able to apply some of those principles of a body temper into, uh, you know, just putting pressure on a foam roller. And I mean, that probably contributed to your ability to stay healthy and stay in the yeah. game as well, because you didn't have stuff getting super tight and fatigued to the point where it caused well, an injury. And I'm, I'm super thankful that I had all that knowledge to like, just knowing that that was like something I should do. Uh, so that's mm -hmm. another thing I give a lot of credit to your program too, because it taught me all these great skills um that like you know i'm in a pretty physical job right now so just being able to know like how to take care of myself and how to keep getting stronger and maintain is super important for sure for sure that people make uh make a lot of money to fix people after they break yeah and uh you know this is way to prevent it the best the best way to uh treat an injury is to have it never happen in the first place yeah Awesome. All right. Well, hey, how about uh, how about Quincy? Quincy's down there in in Conway, <laughs> SC, and we can and we can come back to some more stories from Zach as we think of them. There, there is no format to this show at all. With this, I have nothing, <laughs> nothing written down, <laughs> nothing planned, nothing planned. Whatever. We just got on a text message and said we need to do a podcast with the three of us again. So if you guys think it's something that you want to bring up please uh we'll work it into the show but let, let, let's talk about quincy you know last time we spoke with him he was getting ready to leave for conway south carolina and now he's been down there so tell the tell the folks what you've been up to quincy uh honestly i've just been doing the same thing over and over again i wake up go to lifting uh go to class come home study and then repeat 
<clears throat> I don't really don't really do much. Um, I don't know if like you like you knew this because you're already down in like North Carolina. Getting jobs down here is so slow. Like it's ridiculously slow. I applied to a job um, like a month and a half ago, and they just now sent me an email saying they're reviewing my application. Like it's insane. So I have nothing else to do besides classwork and class is about um, typically about two hours long, unless we have a cross country flight, um, which is about three hours long, uh, just because it's a longer distance. Um, and it's one-on-one -on -one with an instructor. So I go out and I fly around do all my things I need to do. And then I come home and I just study books and computer work so i have no like social interaction with people like ever unless i go to the gym mm -hmm. um which is pretty boring but yeah that's pretty much all it is it's just book work work and, and training to be a pilot so uh, what what kind of planes are you flying right now uh right now since i'm working on my uh pilot, pilot license i'm just using a cessna 172 um when i go up to multi-engine and like instrument ratings i'll probably fly um some different planes. I don't know what planes I have up there, um, but it's just the basic training plane uh, because I don't know. I guess it's the simplest one to use. And I think it's the cheapest, um, and that's just what we have at the academy. Awesome. So you're right now. You're going on like trips where you're you're flying to different areas. You know, turn around, come back, kind of thing. Yeah, we did. Um, I want to say last week we did a cross country to Florence, which was about uh 50 nautical miles away so it took about two hours there and back um which is pretty cool and then tonight we're doing a night flight um i think it's a night cross country to florence as well which will be interesting nice and it's got to be got to be different flying in the dark like oh yeah don't, planes don't exactly have headlights do they yeah um the, the only way you can really see is based on the lights that are below you and the area i live it's a lot of swamp um so there are like patches of lights around and then it's just darkness um mm -hmm. and one of the, the coolest things that i love about flying at night is when you go over the ocean the ocean is pitch black so you can't tell if you're up down left or right the only thing you can do is fly via instruments and it's it's a very gnarly feeling um it's, it's really hard to explain you just kind of have to experience it you know hmm. i don't know if you're uh safe or a few feet away from death yeah <laughs> You you really don't know. You're kind of just at the uh, the hands of the aircraft, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, how how about this this new uh, this new gym you're you've been training at that we we found for you on the internet? I mean, it's got it's got what I need. It has a monolift. Uh, a monolift. Yeah, I got to use it one time, a single time, and it was the greatest experience of my life. Um, <laughs> And then after that, just, I don't really train with anybody. Like I, I told you guys that I, uh, I found like a group of people. Um, and then like I texted them, I was like, Hey, when are you guys going to be there? And they told me a time and I showed up and it happened like three times in a row and they just never showed up. So I'm kind of back to training on my own. Um, get a lot of weird looks when you start doing stuff with bands and chains and people don't really yeah. know what you're doing, but yes, you, <laughs> you, you kind of get used to it and when you're doing heavier weight than they are, then I mean, hey, who cares, you know? Yeah, we we are the uh, the odd ones all the time when we uh, yep. start breaking out our our conjugate tools. Yeah. Sure. I found one other guy who was bands, and I had not seen him since. 
Yeah. Which is disappointing because he was very big too. Uh, do they have a um, like a powerlifting team that lifts out of that gym? Or I know they've run some meets there. Uh, they I don't know if they really have a team, but they have a group of powerlifters. Like the people I was going to work with were they're all powerlifters, like professional powerlifters. Um, and they all have meets that they go to. Like one of them went to um, I want to say Virginia or Wisconsin, something like that. Um, another one went to Tennessee for a meet. But they don't. I don't think they have a team. I think they just host meets, and then they have powerlifters who kind of come in there, and then they do their own thing. Um, but right now with school, I can't really do powerlifting because I don't have time to like consistently grind for a month of just solely powerlifting and worrying about my weight and everything like that. Um, so I'm just kind of doing what we normally do to get stronger and stuff like that. And once the school dies down, then I plan on getting back into powerlifting. Yeah, I mean, well, I'd say. You know, you focus on your school, you keep training and keep building yourself up. Mm-hmm. And when things start to slow down, you, you get on uh, on the schedule for a meet and and we'll uh, see where it goes. We'll program you into it and do all that stuff. So, you know, speaking of training, um, since Zach has been home from uh, from training, he's made some made some purchases. Yeah. And he's built his uh, <laughs> built himself, as he calls it, his war wagon. So, <laughs> so why why don't you tell the people, Zach, uh, kind of how you're training right now? Now that you've uh, returned to Central Michigan yeah. University, and the gyms are not open very much. So the gym opening in Central is very limited right now. Um, I walked past. I knew it was bad. I just didn't know it was that like as bad as it was. I walked past the gym uh, that I used to work at out at in the uh, student activity center and it's open three days a week for one hour like a a block of one hour in like the middle of the day which like everyone's like willing to go to the gym at that point because like they're up and they had like a meal already then they'll go to the gym but um and it's also by appointment so in order for me to train i would have to somehow be the first person to book an appointment every day get in there, do my warm-ups, my max effort work, all my accessories and my recovery things, all within the span of one hour. Like sometimes it takes me 15 minutes just to like, just to get ready to like think about doing the warm-up, you know, like I waste some time. I'm not going to lie, but you know, one hour is a lot to cram in like one of our like normal workouts into. So what I did was um, I drive a pretty small car, but I put the seats down so I'd have all this room in the back. And I have about 450 pounds of free weights, a barbell, these two squat stands that are like, they can break down. Um, and then I have a bench. So what I'll do is I'll drive to this parking lot that no one is ever at, either in the morning or at night. And I'll just set up my squat stands and put up my bench and I'll go work out. And I'll get a great, like I have adjustable dumbbells, I have a sled, I have all the tools I really need to run a good conjugate workout. And honestly, like I thought it was going to be rough, but it's a great time. Like no one bothers me. There's no distractions. If I really want to, I can roll the windows down in my car and just leave it in auxiliary mode. And I have like the biggest speaker ever (laughs) right next to me. So I'm just in the parking lot. Like I can choke my uh, bands around like a couple plates and get a good lift in, pull the sled for a while. Like, and it's also great because I have a just it's never like, oh, when's the gym gonna be open? Because it's in the back of my car. So just whenever I have time or like whenever I finish my work, I'll just go to the parking lot, 
get my lift done and come back. And it, it couldn't be easier. Like it's, it's pretty efficient. Um, only downside is my gas mileage is kind of dropping because I'm constantly driving with 450 pounds in the back of my car. Jesus. And, um, there's only room for one other person to ride with me and they have to put their feet on a couple plates uh, because the rest of my car is occupied by equipment. Sounds <laughs> like you got a whole business. Yeah, but I just did my first week of like actual training and you know I decided I was worthy of wearing the Iron Dread shirt again because I got through one week. But it's, it's working out pretty great so far. I can't complain. Are your sleeves too big? No, these sleeves are still small. <laughs> That's the way those shirts are designed. Fiddle yep. snug around the sleeves. Yeah. Loose, loose through the middle, snug in the upper body and sleeves. <laughs> That's the only way you can wear a shirt. That's the best way. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I'll be right back. I got to help my parents move a washing machine. So, go use your strength. Well, well, Quincy's, well, Quincy's out. We'll, we'll keep talking here. Uh, you know, so kind of Zach, explain a little bit, I guess, to the people, you know, how you're, how you're setting up your workouts when you're out there in the, in the war wagon, like you, you talked a little bit, but what is a, what does a training session look like start to finish for you when you're out there? Well, actually, I take notes on every single one, so I can give you the whole rundown of what I've been doing um, this week. So I'll start with uh, my max lower day, and then I'll just do, like, my dynamic upper day because it's, it's basically the same um, concept for the max upper day as well. But basically what it looks like is first I'm going to get out there, and I like to set everything up. Um, so if I'm doing, like, my max effort movement this week was a uh, – just straight bar with light bands on it for a five rep max. So what I'll do is I'll take my bands, choke them around the plates and have like my bar, my rack and everything set up like ready for me to squat. Um, and then I'll start warming up. So that right, that way, right when I'm done with warmups, I can just go right into my movement. I don't have to waste time setting anything up and kind of lose the, you know, lose that vibe. I just got by warming up. But um, typically for a warm up. I do a lot of groiners and um, just glute bridges to like open up my back and open up, you know, those other areas and just get ready for the squat. And then I'll do a lot of air squats or belt squats as well. Sort of just get my body used to doing the motion um, before I go into it. And then I'll, before, if I'm doing a max effort movement, I'm not going to put, you know, all the weight I want to try right on the bar immediately. You got to work up to that max. So, if I'm doing a one rep max, I usually just do the bar with whatever bands are on it for 10 reps. And then I'll put weight on it and do just a little bit of weight, something that I can do really easily for 10 reps. Just crank that out. Then I did a five rep max this week, so I would have done an easy five rep uh, warm up and then gone into my first uh, working set, as I call it. Um, but if I'm doing a one rep max, which is more typical with conjugate, I would do something that's pretty easy for five reps, then wait a little bit, you know, 30 seconds, a minute or so. Try to give yourself a good break because when you're up on the platform, there's a lot of time between you and your next attempt. So if you get your body used to having those long breaks in between, uh, it's going to benefit you when you step up on the platform. But um, after that, you know, I'll do a three rep just real quick, just something that's, you know, not too challenging, but you still want to feel, you know, those muscles moving and working. And then, I'll do my first one rep, which should feel pretty easy. I should have relatively 
like perfect form for the most part. Um, and then as I go up into my sets, that's when I start to see the technique breakdown so I can know uh, what areas, based on how my final rep looked, um, that's going to tell me what areas I need to improve on, uh, where my choke points are, or so where I need to, or my stick points, uh, where those are so I can uh, work those out. And I think that's an important thing to, to make. And every time we talk about conjugate, I always like to stop and reiterate that max effort work is not garbage reps just pushed on top of each other like as you said working up finding that point where technique starts to break and then get Mm. out not get into bad spots and there's so many people that they say conjugate doesn't work and most of them are the ones that do the exact opposite they just keep wanting to load the bar and load garbage technique and continue Mm. to push through it and then they, they get hurt Yep, something they blame it on kanji because they don't know what they're doing. Correct. Yep. Something that you told me, Coach, a while ago, and I'd been working like this, but it didn't really click to me, and it's when you told me that when you do a garbage rep, you're only improving the areas you're already strong in because when I'm squatting and my low back gives out, you know, now my upper back is picking up the slack of my lower back, and it's now my low back isn't getting – those gains that my upper back is because my upper back just took over and did the whole rep. So if I work out with garbage form and I let my strong points take over, I'm never going to be able to bring those weak points up. So that's why I always film like my last two sets when I can, when I obviously feel uh, that my technique's starting to break down, I will take a video of what I'm doing. So that way I can look at it and see like, all right, my low back gave out. Like that's something I need to work on. Um, or I can just look at my form and be like, wow, like I didn't get nearly as low as I thought I did. Or just little things like that that are going to help me. Oh, for sure. For sure. Video is definitely for more than just posting to your Instagram page for people <laughs> to like. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, after I do my main lift, um, I'll do some sort of like secondary movement. So that's usually going to be another movement with the barbell. Um, so like, today or uh, Monday I did good mornings and the way I'm kind of programming it right now is uh my main lifts have a lot of reps and then my accessory movements are have less reps and then next week my accessories will have slightly more reps and my main lift will have slightly less reps involved with it so I did a good morning for four sets of eight um you know to help my back out just working the muscles in my back and then I went into my other accessory movements, which are going to be kind of bodybuilding style, just working on specific, like really specific muscle groups, like your hamstrings, your hips. Um, you want to do something for your abs always. Uh, so what I did was I did split squats, um, some slat work uh, behind the neck press, um, did 100 weighted crunches, and my then, on, <laughs> and then I did it. What the latest tool I've been experimenting with, which I'm super excited to like finally have or finally realize that I should have been using is the sled. Um, every day I always do some sort of sled work. So that day I just did a ton of heel to toe uh, sled drags, kind of walking like Bigfoot in that one footage uh, like you told me to do. But um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do to the Patterson Gilman footage of 1969. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't know the name that well, but I know the footage. Um, and I, I did that. I should have actually calculated like the length that I walked, but I just did it till like my hamstrings gave out. So it's kind of the last thing I did. Um, but I can just already tell that that sled is going to be a game changer for my training because it's such a unique stimulus that I'm not used to. And just the, the ways you can attack the muscle that you really can't replicate with a barbell or dumbbells is, uh, is awesome. And the thing with the sled is there's no eccentric loading. Like it's, it's yeah. all, you know, you step or you pull it and then you, it's, there's a deload, then you take the next, the next step. So they're using the sled doesn't make you sore, but can help make you stronger. Uh, right. and, and it's a great conditioning tool. And the, the way you're set up right now, it's perfect because you're in a parking lot where, <laughs> yeah. where you could just literally take two steps, grab your sled and you're going, you yep. know, when, uh, when we were spending time here, uh, training in the sanctorium of strength uh, at my house, um, you know, it's uh, oh, it, we're just letting that out there. You know, we we broke laws in quarantine, folks. Sorry, yeah. we, we were yep. training. Yep. The three of us were training together, and a couple. You other can people. arrest us now. It's yeah. safe to say that. Now. Yeah, you guys, you guys, we're we're all good. Quincy's in another state. They're gonna try. Yeah, I'm chilling. <laughs> uh, we trained together, and you know, in order to use the sled, we used to have to jump out the window of my basement. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> You know, or that made things a little interesting um, from time to time. But having that sled right there, um, programming-wise with your sled, um, you don't really have to, you know, in the past we've done distances. But mm. I would I would just, when I wrote programs for, for people and, and myself, just start programming the sled in steps. All right. Because it's, it's all about just wave-loading it, right? So right. You, know, you might do 10 trips of 50 steps each at – you know, a certain amount and with lower body, a lot of stuff I've read, they'll load it based on your body weight. So mm. like doing like 10, 10 trips of 50 steps with 50% body weight on the sled, something like Definitely. that. And the heavier the sled is, the less steps you take, the more it's going to be strength stimulus. The lighter the sled is and the more steps we take, obviously it's going to be more conditioning, you know, muscle mm -hmm. endurance stuff. But you can you can set up your your waves like that, like where you know, you might go, you know, ten trips of fifty at you know, fifty percent of your body weight on the sled and then wave it up, increase the number of sets. Maybe you, you stay with the number of sets and do more steps or change the weight. Like there's a, a lot of different ways we can get a good training stimulus out of that sled. Right. And, that, and that's not even talking about that's not even changing the exercise yet that's just you know heel to yeah. toe you know sasquatch walks forward yeah definitely that's not the setup man i'm jealous it's pretty nice like you got you got rollers you got weighted at the sled man yeah. i got like well, i got a monolith that's about it well the issue is the rack sometimes i feel like i'm gonna die because you know like you finish a set you just want to slam it into the rack and not have to worry about where it goes. But for me, I have to lightly set uh, whatever weight I'm using down onto the rack or else it will fall <laughs> over. And um, I just don't feel like picking it back up. Or, like, you know, I might get hurt in the process of it falling over. So true. I, I put whatever weight I'm not using on the base of the squat stands to just give it a little more support. Um, but for – $120 squat stands. They, they do a pretty decent job. I got to give them credit. 
You're making it work for sure. Yeah, it works. It works. Hey, and practicing having good control, especially yeah. from a powerlifting standpoint. Like, I mean, I, my my last meet, they red lighted me for setting the deadlift bar down too hard. Yeah. How do you like, set down a deadlift bar too hard? They said that I dropped it. Oh. And uh-huh. I was I was a little like, but hey, on a, on the next one, I pulled it. And then slowly, like a four-second eccentric, <laughs> counting in your head, making and, sure, and made sure it didn't it didn't bump at all. Right. Like held my hand on it so it didn't bounce off the ground at all. Staring at them <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that was uh, Gina Hensley, there, you know, Michigan uh, USAPL director. She's a, she's a good lady. Yeah, so she's I, very I, nice. I, I am I am mad at her. She's, she's been on the show before. So I am mad at her for it. I'll, I'll follow the rules to a T. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait, we, we all know we'd rather follow the rules to a T than, you know, go to meets where the rules are just, you know, look the other way. Right. Oh, yeah, there, we've, had, yeah, we've had a few meets like that. Not, not going to yeah. call any names. Um, I, think, I think, yeah. <laughs> very, very, very upset about that meet, but it's okay. We're going to pause for a moment for a brief word from our sponsors. This is Coach Phil Jacobs, head football coach of the Dexter Dreadnoughts. You are listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. So uh, how about how about your upper days? And then we'll get in. Quincy can tell us how he's training right now, too. Right. Uh, so I'll, I'll just read you what I did for my dynamic days because the setup for a dynamic day is you know, similar for both. But. What I'm going to do is I'm going to set everything up like I did on the max days, like as if I'm about to go into the bar and then I'm going to get into my warm ups. So usually I do a lot of band tear aparts um, to open up that. And then I'll do tricep extensions with the bands to get it moving. Uh, I'm kind of lazy with my warm ups. I do them more in the Dave Tate style where you just do the same two exercises for your warm up and then you're ready to go. Um, it's working right now. Eventually, I might have to change my ways, but for now, I'm sticking to it. But uh, then I'll do my dynamic stuff. So I'm putting band tension on the bar always, uh, mainly just because I don't have chains right now. But uh, I'm trying to move the bar as fast as I can uh, without sacrificing any speed or any form whatsoever. So I'll uh, put my bands on, and then I'll put just a light amount of weight, usually like 30 to 40 percent of what my one rep is and then i'll do uh three reps of my bench press to simulate the time under tension that a regular one rep max is going to be because uh with the force formula force equals mass times acceleration so i don't have a lot of mass on the bar but i'm accelerating it as fast as i can to put out more force right so Mm -hmm. it's the opposite side of what you're doing on a max effort day which is where, yeah, <laughs> um, I see the thumbs up, but it's the opposite of what you're doing on a max effort day where you're focusing on the mass side of the equation. Um, this time I'm focusing on uh, just acceleration and through that, it gives my muscles time to recover while still outputting that same level of force that I would under a heavy load. Um, so typically what you'll do is you'll do 10 reps by three and it's nice you know, I love having training partners and it's much more beneficial to have training partners, but because I don't, 
uh, my speed work actually goes as fast as it's supposed to be. So I'm off the bar, like 30 seconds, maybe back right under it, doing my next three reps, get off the bar, just cranking out these reps as fast as you can uh, right after an early set, as fast as you can right after another. Um, and then after that, you know, it's a similar thing. You'll do a secondary movement of some sort. So like a JM press if you want to. Um, and then you go into your accessory movements. And, you know, a dynamic day is not where your form should be breaking down. But from looking at how your bench press looks on a max day, you can tell like, all right, my triceps are giving out. You know, my I'm not doing something right here. So that's how you're going to know uh, where you really need to hit your accessories at. For sure. Looking at the squat, the bench, the deadlift, and being able to pinpoint either technique flaws, which for beginners, yep. that's mostly what it is, right? Technique mm -hmm. flaws. And then once technique is put into the right spot, then being able to look and find muscle weakness. It's, it's the, Definitely. to me, it's the easiest assessment tool there is once you understand. Right. It's such a great tool because you can, like, you can really see the weakness when someone's giving it their all you can see what gives out first and it's, it's no, there's no guessing game with it. You're like, no, your low back gave out. That's where the problem is. Um, another thing that conjugate incorporates a lot into is a uh, recovery, which I didn't mention in my max day, but after I do it, I'm always rolling out my legs, rolling out my back um, because you get weaker if you don't recover. So like making sure you're eating enough calories to replenish and, um, like taking care of your body afterwards is super important or else you'll just be beat up and weak. Sure. You already are weak, Zach. What's that? I said you already are weak. <laughs> I'm getting back. <laughs> and, and I have the, six and months of bullying I have to do. Right. That's what I miss most about having a training partner. <laughs> the, the, the epic, epic trash talk sessions between these two. Uh, it, during during training, as will go down in history of the Iron Drip program. See, when you weren't here, I had to trash talk Ellen, and then Ellen just got either mad at me or just didn't say anything Ellen back. Was yeah. She yeah. couldn't have. March is soft. See, I can so. be weaker than anyone in the gym, but still talk trash like way better. Oh yeah. You know? Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I lost to Mark in the in the bicep curl off, and I was still talking trash. <laughs> And <laughs> I, I found that video the other day. I think I got it. I think it's I think it's you and Mark. It's either you and Mark or, or you and Pat going going oh, at God. it. Pat would have filmed that. I don't yep. think Mark did that. And then uh, Pat would have lied and said that your weights were different than his or lighter or whatnot. I'm kettlebells and they were heavier than his. Yeah. And he still lost. I gotta yeah. I gotta see if I can uh, see if I can find it because it was on my on my Google Drive. And I'll I'll see if I can I'll look for it right now. But while you gotta while see I'm, that legendary video. Yeah, while I, while I'm looking for that, um, you know, Quincy, how, how's your training going? You know, kind of, you know, tell the people how you're setting things up and and what you're doing there at, at your gym in South Carolina. Well, basically, I'm I'm kind of doing the same thing that we did during quarantine. Um, unlike Zach, I don't really do warm ups that much anymore. Um, occasionally I will if I'm really sore. Um, but I normally just kind of, because it's the public gym, so I don't want to get the rack stolen before I can actually go and do things. Um, so we only have three racks, including the monolift. Um, so I kind of just get in there fast. Um, I do 
max and dynamic work the same schedule monday and friday are max and then tuesday and thursday are dynamic um and then wednesdays are kind of like my accessory days slash working on my weak points um i really i i really enjoy doing the accessories um that we did where it's like the um one day we do strength and we do hypertrophy and unilateral um i feel like those really help out in a lot of areas and i don't just target one specific group every time if that makes sense um for my max days the highest i ever go really is a three rep um and i do a one rep max for two weeks two rep two rep max for two weeks and then three rep max uh, for two weeks just so my body um changes and i don't just get used to doing the same thing over and over again um which i mean it kind of I, I don't know if it's really helping that much um like I, I I do notice a difference, but not as much of a difference if that makes sense. Um, and then for my accessories, I'll do either a dropback set or the op, like a a set that targets the opposite muscle group. So if I'm doing um, bench press, um, well, yeah, if I'm doing bench press, then I'll I'll normally do like a JM press afterwards or like an incline bench, um, and a decline bench, something like that, um, so I can get like the full range. Um, and then my accessory exercises after, instead of doing, if I'm doing legs that day, I'll do upper accessories so I can get a full body workout instead of grinding my legs the same. Um, and then just exhausting myself because I don't have the luxury of being able to roll out every day. Um, so it kind of helps me recover a lot better. Uh, and I, yeah, I kind of just do the same thing that we did during quarantine. Um, my, my dynamic days, I do... I, the lowest I go for my percentages are about 35 to 40% um, versus bands or chains. Depending on if I'm using um, heavier band tension or lighter band tension, I'll increase the uh, percentage. Um, and I'll go up to about 70 to 75% band tension. And then I'll drop back the next week. Um, I constantly build myself up. And I cycle back and forth between doing um three sets of however many to four sets of however many so i don't get um used to it and i can't remember the word of it for your muscles getting used to doing the same weight over and over again accommodation um yeah accommodation um so i kind of just keep cycling back and forth which is helping a little bit not having a training partner kind of sucks because i can't really push myself as much as i'd like to um because if i fail then it's on me i have no one to really back me up um but it, I, I make do with what I have. Yeah. I mean, I, I would look at it. And when you, when you pick your max effort movements, you know, for both of you training by yourself, you know, obviously now that, now that you guys are gone, I, I kind of do that too. I trained by myself, you know, uh, Mark has been training at school. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, say, you know, he doesn't drive all the way out here to the sanctorium with, you know, let him train at school, but picking max effort movements that, if you you shouldn't fail but if it does happen yeah then yeah okay you know you it's gonna hit the safety supports you could just set it down you know mm -hmm. your concentric squats your your pin presses in the bench your rack pulls uh you know deadlift variations uh, of all kinds you know i mean obviously you got a squat and you got a squat you know heavy yeah but setting the pins in a spot that if if it does It'll happen you. you can set it or using the monolith i don't know if your monoliths have uh spot straps yeah you, they have the little things 
So, I mean, that's not a bad thing. Even, even if you don't have somebody to work that monolift, I've seen plenty of people walk out from the monolift. Yeah. Like, just using it as a squat rack. I've seen, I've seen people do that. I've thought about it, but normally I get to the rack first, so I don't really have to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the monolith's nice to, like, lock your feet in and, you know. Hey, well, it's one, fantastic. One day, one day I will own one or we will get one and put it in the weight room at school. It is gorgeous. I recommend it. I think it'd be useful for athletes, you know, because all our, all of our all of our training that we do, and we've talked about this before, all the training that we do in the weight room for our athletes, with the exception of our powerlifters, is all GPP work. It's all making it so that they can take those traits that they're acquiring from our strength training and then apply it to a sport. Yeah, our, our powerlifters are sport. You know, obviously they're when they're in powerlifting season because pretty much all of them do some different sport. Um, mm -hmm. The only exception being of that was Zach. <laughs> um, yeah, he was a cameraman. That's a pretty important yeah, sport. Yeah, yeah. 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 Dexter I, I still have not been able to find two guys that could run the run the camera uh, and be as uh, consistent and trustworthy as you and Ethan Wing. We'll talk about that more. Um, you know, having it where – I forget what I was even talking about now. You guys got me talking on the camera. <laughs> GPP. <laughs> so our powerlifting, right, they need their sports specificity stuff. Okay, well, that's when we throw them a, a straight bar every, every once in a while and, you know, maybe pull the box out and do a free squat here or there. You know, but for an athlete – it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So why not use the tool to train the, the areas and have it where, okay, hey, you can, you can adjust that height so that it's at a perfect height for each individual. They don't have to walk it out. They can just lock their feet in and squat wide, whichever yep. bar you want to put up there. Oh, hey, it works perfect for that too. Yep. You know, to me, it's, it's a tool that, because a lot of people look at it and say, oh, why would you get a monolift? It's, and I, I used to think this too. It's just for powerlifting. It's just for, for geared, geared lifting competitions. And I, I look at it the other way. Like it, it can be used as a really useful tool for athletes to train with it. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's real nice being able to, to set, like get locked in before um, instead of having to walk out. And especially when you do a wide stance squat and then having to set your feet really wide and shift the weight back and forth, it makes it very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. So when you can just stand up and get locked in immediately and then someone just moves the lever and you can just squat and then stand back up and they move it back. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. It, uh, I've, I've had limited, limited in-person experience with them because I've only been to a couple places that have had them, but uh, eventually either I will personally own one. I don't know how that would fit in the sanctorium, but we'd figure it out. Just cut the ceiling out. Cut the ceiling. <laughs> um, <laughs> I build a pole barn. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get my wife to approve the building of a sanct sanctorium of strength uh, version two. You know, like the lead FTS has had all the different compounds, right? Right. The, the, when the pole barn gets built and we build the gym out there, that'll be sanctorium of strength, you know, Me compound too, two. <laughs> you, can, you can have a marble track in there too. Hey, my, my marble track is still, <laughs> still behind me here. Uh, hey, hold the phone because we'll talk about – we'll get back on that, on that <laughs> too. I, I found the video of, of Zach versus Mark in the bicep curl-off. 
And oh, I, I, I'm, I will. Pl- we will watch it. Oh boy! Right, we Look how big it. you used to be, Zach. We'll watch it, and I will put this. I'll put this in the show notes. Uh, so anyone that has not seen this or was not here that day, uh, you can uh, see this showdown uh, between two of our uh, most loyal Iron Dread athletes, and, and Mark Young and Zach Bagby. Here we go. I can see him rocking the George Bush bandana. Yeah, you you lost your Mr. Business bandana. Didn't get stolen or whatnot. Yeah, stolen. Uh, Along with powerlifting shoes. (laughs) My grandma had bought me those. Now I wear Chuck T's because they're not nearly as expensive. Hey, Chuck T's are better. Listening to a little DMX here. Bobby Panasic at ringside there watching it go down. Alex Adams. Got Corey sitting on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm behind Zach. (laughs) Mark had to look away right now. Yeah. Mark was in the zone, man. Huh? Well, the third point where you can see now they're both just gas. They're just swinging it pretty hard. That's like rowing a boat. At one point, my guys had a couple of tights coming up here. I tried to turn the dumbbell so I can use more of my, my forearm in it. Because my left bicep is gay high. Yeah, you can see it's my right bicep. <laughs> He's going into the void right now. <laughs> Surprised you didn't start screaming. I, I, I think this was pre Goggins. Yeah. Mark is now talking junk. Yeah. <laughs> Mark knew he had won. Zach has not given in, though. Vinny, <laughs> I haven't seen him in ages. <laughs> oh yeah, the epic bicep curl showdown again, folks. I will put that video, a link to that video, in the show notes. So if you wanna, if you wanna see what we we just watched there, that that epic showdown. Uh, between the young Zach Bagby and the young Mark Young, rated top uh, ten in the U.S. Yeah, it's uh, it was a good time. 
definitely. All right. So, oh, what 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 do we have to talk about? Oh, the the time where with you and Ethan Wing um, being the film guys for football, and we still. Yeah. If you're a young Dexter High School student out there, you are not interested in playing football, and you still want to be a part of the program, hit me up. All right. At Coach underscore Whitaker, at Coach underscore Whitaker 66, Instagram and Twitter, and tell me that you want to be involved in a football program because I need I need some video guys uh, that we can train each and every week. We got some dads doing it right now, and they do a great job, but I feel bad because I want them to watch their kids play. Zach and Ethan Wing, shout out Ethan Wing, uh, another guy we haven't seen in, in quite a long time. Yeah, he, he disappeared uh, over the – over the hill at some point. Over, over the hill to, to Grand Valley State with, yeah. with, with Adam. I, mm-hmm. I, hopefully, I would hope that they're training training together. But uh, Zach and Ethan came out, and you know, we asked them if they would be involved in it, and, and they jumped in with both feet and were very loyal uh, and did a great job for us filming. We haven't, again, we haven't been able to replace them in the, the two years since they left us. Um, but let, let's talk about let's talk about Ethan for a moment. Oh boy, and, character! Oh man, uh-huh. and the the time when he was on the I think he was on the press box camera. Yes. <laughs> and after we got everything set up, we were looking around for Ethan to make sure that he's ready to go. And here's Ethan in the student section, <laughs> front row. Yeah. He wanted it both ways. He he wanted to be a cameraman and he wanted to be, you know, hanging out with the people. So he he did it, but he forgot that he had to like still film the game. <laughs> I don't know if he thought like he could just leave it running and then, <laughs> like hang out in the student section for a bit, but uh, not how it worked. He's a man of the people. Oh, he is. I, I just remember finding him, and he was literally like wiggling himself in as close as he can way vitally violating the rules of today um and <laughs> is standing in there on the end of the row just so he could be a part of the uh a part of the student section and doing their little pre-game cheers and whatnot but <laughs> oh yeah we had a lot of fun yeah we had a lot of fun with that and uh, again we're still looking for some young guys or girls that want to commit to the program and be there and do all that because you guys helped us film practice too yeah from time to time so all right man well what what uh what else we got anything else you guys want to want to bring up talk about anything exciting going on we're gonna talk about the marble track coach oh the marble track you gotta, you gotta I, update oh, us on it it's oh, been a while i mean one one of the things that these two got me into over the uh, quarantine period uh, was when there was no live sports to watch. <laughs> they introduced me to Marbula One uh, Marble Racing on YouTube, and um, it, it it became quite a an interesting thing. Like where we would sit and watch marble racing, either pre training or post training. <laughs> Sometimes for two hours. Um, hey, it's it's interesting. It's a very interesting, I guess, sh- show. What are you called? I mean, well, there's an like, event. It's more than just marbles on a track because there's like drama because there's yeah. like little fans in the audience, and if like a bad call is made, they'll like throw trash onto the track. Like they'll fight and they'll streak on, on the, the track. Like, 
people like will just get on or other marbles i should say will like invade the course and just get on the track and they have to like cancel that run and it's all it's all marble so if you have not seen marvula one go ahead and and look it up uh i i have notifications set on my youtube that whenever they <laughs> post a new video I, I i get it um i get a notification about it but i decided in the epic boredom that was the uh quarantine period after you know i got through tiger king and shack life um great shows yeah i uh, <laughs> I decided to build a marble track and to be honest with you, it's still the rough outline of what it once was, but it's been like knocked down a little bit, moving stuff around. So it's still, it's still sitting there. It's the oh, table wow. still in its former there. glory. It's oh, wow. But, um, you know, it's not, it's not actually functional right now for sure. As a prototype. Yeah, it was. I mean, we started with like rubber bouncy balls because they didn't have marbles at the local Dollar General. Yep. And then I got some marble bags and uh, and they're running. Put put a jump in. Put a tunnel in. Um, <laughs> we had to figure out a way to get it to restart itself. Conveyor belt system. I bought them and uh, I just haven't been able because they're only single marble conveyor belt that it comes uh, in. Ah, yeah, that, yeah, I remember that. So trying to make it where there you could have two marbles on the conveyor belt at the same time, so they could actually pass one another coming off the belt. You know, the yeah. guy that the guy that built the the builds and does the Marbula One stuff is you know he's he he's put a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort into into making those things and it shows because the stuff that he's able to do, you know, and and it started with you know we've even gone back and watched the sand marble races where yep. He, dig the tracks out of the uh out of the sand on a hill and then have the marbles race down the hill it's a single lap no restarts yep <laughs> yep launching the safety marble down to to clear it out <laughs> to come help oh man <laughs> it, was, it was a good time some of the uh marble teams uh, the, the old rangers yeah. uh, the, the limers <laughs> the limers are the ones who always start the trash Yep. Yeah. Always, 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 always those green limers, uh, the snowballs, they're all white marbles. Um, what were some other ones? I can't even, I can't remember. Oh God, the mystics. The mystics. Yep. <laughs> I think those are the marbles. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Good times. I wasn't going to buy a shirt. I was, I was going to buy one just, just to support the limers. Oh yeah, they had merch. They had they had yeah. merch. Yeah, they had like nice Oh yeah, man, they were they were they were solid. I was thinking about buying one. <laughs> For sure, good times, good times with marble racing. Right, From marble man. racing to Axis and Allies. Yeah, oh Axis and Allies. Um, Supreme Commander. Supreme Commander, another another that thing. That took a lot of time out of our lives. <laughs> yeah, a I mean, lot of time. I, I want to play, but I I don't know if if I have we'll the time the to, to actually actually play it. I mean, we might have to wait till football season's done and then we'll play again. <laughs> oh man, that was that was an addiction. That was a very very unhealthy addiction. If you've never played Supreme Commander, um, one I'm gonna say don't start. Yes. <laughs> As your you life, need it. Oh. it will take over massive amounts of time in your life. <laughs> right. 
unintentionally take over massive amounts of your time. Yeah. Um, and you will get hooked. It's, it's like a drug. You will get hooked to it and you will not be able to stop for quite some time. If you start playing Supreme commander, you'll find ways to sneak into your life. Like my YouTube will every now and then pop up like Epic Supreme commander battle. And I'm like, I kind of want to know the outcome. <laughs> so next thing you know, I'm watching a 45-minute video. Of you might have come up fighting. with, like, strategies. Yeah. yeah, Quincy used to research all the strategies. and Oh, yeah. Okay. And he got exponentially better for, like, the, yeah. the two months that we were playing consistently. Hey, like C.T. Fletcher says, if you want to be the best, obsession is necessary. Yeah, you must be. Don't hate the player, best. hate the game. <laughs> Go back and watch the replays. Take I still have my notebook with all the notes on what you guys did, so I know oh how to counter God. it. <laughs> and I'll find it. It's, it's somewhere in one of the boxes in my room. I will show you every all the notes I took on how to beat all of you. Uh, and to summarize the game, right, it, it, you start with one uh, guy that can build things and fight, and it's in, like, a futuristic world, and you go on these different planets uh, for these battles, and you have Definitely to build up – Oh yeah, you have to build up your army of either a mixture of ground, air, and naval units, um, and build up your army and try to destroy all the other teams. Uh, either just destroy everyone, or you could play where they just destroy the other team's commander. So, but it takes you a good half hour to build up your fortifications and oh, yeah. get your economy going before you can really yeah. launch an attack. And then battling takes at least 45 minutes. Yeah. Because yep. once you get so high, you just everything counters. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, we would work up and try to build a nuclear warhead and watch yep. that. And Most terrifying sound in the world is hearing that, that sound. You know, it's been launched. And unlike real life, you know, the Navy actually does a lot in that game. Um, yeah. F the Navy. I hate you. I hate you so – I hate you, Zach. The only time the Navy is useful. When you send those battleships in, it takes forever to kill them. Yeah. They can, you can't. They just blow everything up. It's they terrible. Destroy everything on the shore. And it takes I remember you just sitting there one day and Zach's like, because I was always on FaceTime with Zach, so I could like hear what he was doing. And I just remember I was sitting there one day and Zach started giggling. And I was like, why are you laughing? And then all of a sudden I see like five battleships just converge on my island and start blowing me up. Yeah. That, that it probably took him a good hour to build those battleships too. Oh yeah, oh, 100%. That and the experimental artillery was Zach's best friend. Oh yeah, the artillery was nice too. No, I hated the artillery. Because the map was so small that if I built the big cannon, it could hit anywhere on the map. Yep. So I could have it attack Quincy's like big factory. Yep, and then I was dead. Mm-hmm. Destroyed. You just sit there giggling the entire time, like a little schoolgirl. Oh yeah, good times. We had some fun. So, guys, uh, you got anything else you want to bring up here that we we haven't talked about on the show? Anything that's going on with you guys, or something that we haven't discussed? Uh, I don't know, Zach. When are you? Uh, when are you coming back from school? So I'll be back around Thanksgiving. Um, All right. And I'll be staying there until like some point in January. So I'll have a good lot of time off from school. Um, I'll still be right, doing so like think- classes, but. Oh, yeah, fair enough. So I think I'm coming back sometime in November for hunting season. Oh, sweet. 
So we yep. will definitely link up. Yes. Get some training sessions here. Oh, of course. I got to see how weak you are. I already no, know your biceps are smaller. Up by that point. I don't, like, I don't know, man. Better with this just week of training I did. So. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, man. Well, why don't you uh, you drop your social media handle so if anybody listening to this wants to kind of keep up with what you guys are doing, um, they can they can follow you on uh, on your socials. I don't want to be bothered by anyone in Dexter. <laughs> so Quincy has no social media handles. Yeah, my social media is deleted. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'll drop mine. Zach can go first. Ladies first. Whatever. All right. Um, uh, if you just look up Zach Bagby, you'll find me somewhere. The picture, it used to be me with two pairs of sunglasses on holding a sword from Assassin's Creed. Uh, now it is me in an eagle onesie with some aviators on. So, That's what that is? Yeah. Uh, you can just find me that way. Just look up Zach Bagby. I don't have a Snapchat. And I, I rarely post or even look at Instagram. Um, so there's that for you. But, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, you're, not, you're not gonna make any posts about the war wagon. Nah, I mean that's this is kind of my thing. Like, I only posted something about getting back from basic because Carmen, my little sister, wrote on a sign, "Welcome back from rehab," and I thought <laughs> it was pretty funny. I just had to post that. But yeah, my Instagram is just trash posts. Like, I'll talk about the World Timber Sport Championships. Hey, speaking of which, I went axe throwing last week. It is the best. Yeah? Really? Yeah. That sounds sick. Yeah. It is fun. We, you know, Brother Steve and I have been talking – shout out Brother Steve. We've been, uh, we've been talking about trying to build a setup in my backyard. Oh, I will 100% be trying that. <laughs> Definitely. Axe throwing sounds so uh, – Amazing. I can't swear on this. I forgot. <laughs> hey, we've done pretty well. Well, only, only, yeah, we only, have. only one, only one so far. That doesn't mean go crazy right now, but go ahead. Drop your, uh, your, drop your socials, Quincy. Mine just, I just follow me on Instagram. It's, I think it's like Quincy, I think underscore golf or Quincy dot golf, one of them. Um, and it should just be me staying next to an airplane. If you already don't know that, then I mean, like, I'm pretty sure most people know what my Instagram is. Cause I'm pretty sure a lot of them just follow me. Uh, I mean, remember this: the Iron Dread podcast now spans across six six nations. It's worldwide. Oh yeah, this is true. Oh yeah, this is true. Uh, uh, Australia, uh, England, Canada, the United States, um, Russia, Russia. I believe there's a there's a whole bunch of them. I haven't checked it in a while. Um, they, we might even be might even be more than than that. Well, let, let's look and see, and we'll make sure that we shout out all of those nations that are supporting our show and listening to us here. So we're looking at oh, hey, you got Ireland, Germany, Russia, Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, and of course these United States of America. So we've uh, we've expanded one, chilling. Two, three, four, five, six, we've expanded seven, seven countries. Uh, people are listening to our Iron Dread podcast. Our ad revenue is about the same. <laughs> four dollars and eighty nine cents. <laughs> so, so, you know, extra 
credit for subscribing. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so be, be, be sure to sponsor, uh, be sure to support our main sponsor, meaning the one that pays us the most, Anchor, the perfect place to host a podcast, and of course, <laughs> Crank It Up DJ service and line dance instruction. Visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking and availability. <laughs> Oh, before we do go, though, I have I have something out of play for Zach, if my Alexa will turn on. Alexa, play What Happened to That Boy by Birdman. No. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. You're lucky I can't do it. It is going to be the weight room song of the week. <laughs> yes. What happened to Alexa, that boy? Stop. Uh, we the Birdman, the Birdman, aka Baby. What happened to that boy? That will be this week's weight room song of the week. I was gonna let you guys pick it, but that's the perfect one right there. <laughs> Zach's favorite song, without yeah. a doubt, hands down, favorite song. For sure, we'll get that on there. So, guys, we'll bring this one in for a landing. Thank you again for being on. It's great to catch up with you. Uh, I hope our well, listeners enjoyed. I appreciate it. I hope our listeners enjoyed hearing hearing from you as well. Uh, thanks for having us. Thanks, been a blast. Thanks again to Zach and Quincy for stopping in and giving us an update on this week's episode of the show. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with everyone's favorite segment of the Iron Dread podcast, the Weight Room Song of the Week. The Iron Dread podcast is brought to you in part by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction, available for all your DJ and line dance needs. Please visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking information. So crank it up. Put some of that party in my cup. Y'all, I'm dancing with a girl up on the flatbed. She hotter than a cherry on the Marlboro Red. Wow, weekends come and we can't get enough. So crank it up. Hello, this is Trevor O'Brien. And I'm Shannon Sierra. We are your athletic trainers at Dexter High School. And you are listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Ah, yes. And it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the Iron Dread podcast. And that, of course, is your weight room song of the week presented by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. This one, as chosen by our guests Zach Bagby and Quincy Goff, is one of Zach's least favorite songs. That, of course, is The Birdman, a.k.a. Baby, featuring clips and what happened to that boy. Crank it up. To that boy. 
clapping to that boy. He was talking, we put a clapping to that boy. What happened to that boy? What happened to that boy? What happened to that boy? He was talking, we put a clapping to that boy. I heard his snitching on a player main say it ain't so. Even as a youngin', they consigned me to blow. Which explains why I'm worth my weight and gold. While they was taking baby steps from an A to an O. Word in the streets that the NV is me. Enough ice on that watch to make a n lose sleep. Magnified face, help the b see clearly. Nine on the waist, hit the b severely. I'm no there you have it. This week's Weight Room Song of the Week. Selected by Zach and Quincy Birdman. What happened to that boy? Remember, you could find that song and every song. Uh, that has been a Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week on our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist. Available on Spotify. Just go to Spotify and search Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week. Or go down and find the link in the show notes. Please don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at Iron Dread Pod. And you can follow yours truly at Coach underscore Whitaker, Coach underscore Whitaker 66. Folks. That's all we have for episode 43. Got some exciting guests coming up in the future. Looking forward to getting these episodes out to you. So until next week, strength is never a weakness. Tough people always win. Around here, we're becoming dread stronger. I'm Chris Whitaker, signing off.